What is up, you delicious human, and welcome back to the Love Yourself podcast with your host, Kate Pertle. Dun 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 Hey team, welcome back to the potty, episode number nine. And this is a goodie. I feel like I say that every week, but this is a proper goodie. But before I get into it, I have a little apology to make. If you are a regular listener of the podcast, I am very, very sorry. This podcast was meant to go out last week. But if you aren't aware, I'm currently in the process of building out the Love Yourself Academy programs. And of course, that means a lot of time, a lot of on-camera filming, a lot of content being created and implemented and put together into this little course. So last week, I sort of prioritized that and this potty was put on the back burner. So I do apologize because I had a few of you asking where it was. In regards to the Love Yourself Academy, if you haven't been listening, if this is the first time you're listening, if you haven't been following along on my Instagram at Kate Pertle, then you may or may not have heard that I am creating program under the umbrella of my new brand, the Love Yourself Academy. And the signature program I'm creating is a six month long self-love course, which will be called Build Your House. And it'll make sense why it's called that as time goes on as I release it. So yeah, last week and basically for the next, for the last several weeks, months and for the next several weeks slash months, this is what I'll be building out. So I just need to get better at time management. We ain't perfect over here in terms of making sure that I fit everything in. So apologies for those of you who were looking for the potty, didn't know where it was. The reason that you couldn't find it is because it wasn't there. So as you can see from the title, the The title of this episode is Lessons Learnt from Heartbreak. So a few days ago, it was my six-month breakup anniversary. (laughs) Now, that's not necessarily something to celebrate, but the point is that it's been six months since I departed Melbourne, where my ex-partner and I decided to go our separate ways. And it's been a fucking hell of a six months. It's been a... It's been a... It's been a lot. (laughs) And basically, I wanted to put together the lessons that I've learnt. And I really wanted to put this together because I wish that I had something like this that was sort of like succinct and together and and lessons learnt or things to focus on either in the midst of a breakup, post a breakup or in the decision making process of whether it's the right thing to do to break up with someone. Uh, this was my first big real relationship and of course then my first big real breakup and so I felt so many emotions and deep emotions that I'd never felt before and I didn't know what to do with them and you know hindsight's a bitch but looking back I would have made some different decisions and I've definitely learned a lot about myself and a lot about humans and a lot about emotions and just I've learned a fucking lot and so I really wanted to put together This episode and my lessons learnt because, yeah, like I said, this is something that I wish that I had when I was going through it. I am very lucky that I had a lot of really supportive friends. I also read like five different books. I spent hours, like tens of hours or like, I don't know, maybe a hundred. I don't know how many, a lot of hours on YouTube videos and I watched so much and talked to people and read shit and I did a lot of research basically on on how to kind of deal with all of this shit because they were, like I said, all very new emotions and heartbreak is fucking legit. Like, I said this before 
and I say this from a very privileged position, of course, but, but this breakup was the hardest human experience that I've ever faced. And heartbreak is as literal as the words. Like, it breaks your fucking heart. And I felt like, you know, I explained this in a recent podcast that I was at the bottom of a well and, like, I felt like I'd never be happy again. And it sounds so dramatic. But when you're in that moment, it feels so real and <sighs> fucking sucks. Breakups fucking suck. Anyway, so, yeah, I just wanted to put this together. I have 13 lessons, which is a really random amount, but I just sat down and I'm like, what would I have wanted to have heard in a way that was like your best mate's talking to you either in the process of deciding to break up throughout the breakup or post-breakup, which that all three of those are really shitty times. <laughs> so I share this now... It's been six months. Um, a lot of my friends say that it's quick to be to have moved through this in six months. I don't know. Obviously, as I just said, this is the first time I've been through something like this. I feel like it was slow, but I share this now completely on the other side, heart healed, and I have a lot of love for my ex. I'm not still in love with him. Um, I respect him. I think he's a fantastic human. I have absolutely not a bad, a single bad word to say about him, but I'm just no longer in love with him. So I feel like I'm sharing this from a very neutral, non-emotional standpoint. So to give a little bit of context for, I guess, where these lessons are coming from, but without having to go into the whole thing, I was actually the person who initially instigated the conversation of the breakup. And so... In the end, of course, it was a very mutual decision, but I started the conversation. And so even though I started the conversation, it was still, like I said, one of the hardest human experiences that I've ever faced. And it literally turned my world upside down. Like this person was my absolute best friend. I thought he was my soulmate. We'd spoken about marriage. We'd spoken about babies. Um, I thought we were together forever. We'd spoken about dreams and goals. There's that Katy Perry song that says, I, can't, I don't even know what the title of the song is, but it says, you go from strangers to lovers to strangers. And I, I still find it so baffling how you can not know someone and then you get to know them and then they become your absolute everything where you do everything together from like, except for work, like everything you do together, they're your absolute best mate, like sidekick, partner in crime, you do everything together. And then over a period of time, you can fall out of love with them. And then they go back to being a stranger. Like that concept to me still is just so fucking baffling that someone who's like the closest person to you in the whole entire world, after not even that long, can then like, yeah, just become a stranger to you. Of course, that's what happens. But I don't know. I, I just feel like that's such a... It's just such a baffling concept to me that, that stranger to lover to stranger, it is what it is, but it's just... It baffles me. So I want to start this by sharing kind of how we got together and that not to share the story, but more to share, share something that I think is really, really important. So again, to keep it short without going into the whole fucking thing, um, we really had to bet on this relationship like we met when I was back in Sydney. I was living in Portugal at the time. I went back to Portugal because I had a return ticket. I was there for a couple of months. I had kind of realized that I was sort of done with Portugal. I moved back to Sydney. We decided to like 
just give it a fucking shot. Then like two weeks after I'd moved back home, he got a job promotion. We moved to Melbourne and Melbourne was never on my radar. I had a few reservations about Melbourne, but I was like, fuck it. What's the worst that can happen? It doesn't work out and I move home. And the reason that I share that is because I really feel like you have to follow your heart and you have to bet on yourself and you have to bet on a relationship if you want something to work. Like everything said, no, this is a bad idea. It's too soon. Like after two weeks of being in the same country and like probably getting to know each other in person, we moved into state. We moved in together. I met his parents in that two week period. He met my parents. Um, Everything happened so fucking quickly. And literally almost everyone in my life was like, whoa, this is your first relationship. This is way too quick. Like fucking pull on the brakes. Like maybe you shouldn't move in together. Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you shouldn't. Blah, blah, blah. And these were only based on their own experiences and their fucking rule book for life, whatever the fuck that looks like. And of course, they were only trying to be caring because they loved me. But I share this because I just want to remind you that you need to fucking follow your heart and you need to bet on yourself. And even if there's people that are telling you it's the wrong thing, but it feels right for you, you have to do what's right for you. We've got one fucking shot on this planet. We've got one life. So if you're like near the start of a relationship and you're questioning, everyone's telling you that it's the wrong thing to do, but for you, it feels right. Literally ask yourself, what's the worst can happen? And the worst that can happen when you're entering a new relationship is it doesn't fucking work and you move out or you move home or you move wherever, like full stop. So follow your heart. If you're in this kind of position where you're umming and ahhing and people are saying it's the wrong thing, if you feel like it's right, if the two of you together feel like it's right, then it's fucking right. So follow your heart. So in the end, the conversation started because I realized that I wasn't entirely happy in Melbourne. I am a huge summer baby. I love the sunshine. I love the ocean. It's my absolute happy place. And in Melbourne, the weather fucking sucks 98% of the time. And there's no ocean in the sense of like waves crashing. There's these shitty little bays. And a lot of people don't understand that. Like, oh, there's a fucking ocean there. But it just, there's a difference. (laughs) So I realized that my environment wasn't really that conducive to my happiness. And I believe that your environment is a huge key player in happiness in life, amongst many other things, including relationships, including family, including friendships, including your work. All of these things come into play in like under the realm of happiness. And so when I realized that the environment was not conducive to my happiness, I couldn't go back on that. I couldn't realize it and be like, oh, but it's fine. I'm fine not being fully happy here. That's just totally against my morals and my values. And so once I'd made that realization, then the conversation had to happen. And honestly, it was one of the hardest conversations I've ever had because it meant that we had a big decision to make. I realized that I couldn't stay there and his job was there. And so the decision ended up coming down to whether whether he wanted to stay with his job or wanted to come with me, basically. Like once I'd realized that I wasn't happy, I just couldn't stay there. I'd been there for two years. I'd, I'd done plenty of things to try and to make it work and to feel happy there. But once I'd kind of admitted it to myself, 
I couldn't go back on it. So we waited a little bit because he had a meeting with his work to see if he would get a job promotion. And in the end, he got the job promotion. So he then had to choose me or his work. I had to choose him or my environment. And so those are really fucking big, important parts of life and really fucking big, important parts of your happiness. And in fact, I think those three are probably the top three, your relationship, your environment and your work. So I've worked really fucking hard to have a location independent business. I can work from wherever I want in the world, but of course I was choosing him and I was choosing to live there. He, on the other hand, has a job that exists in a location and he can't move within the realm of that job. So in the end, it kind of came down to me choosing my environment and him choosing his job. And that meant that we weren't choosing each other. At the time, of course, I was absolutely distraught and I, it kind of brought to light all of my insecurities that I thought I'd healed. And one of the biggest stories that I created in my head or that I was kind of living through within that whole decision is I'm not good enough to be chosen. I'm not good enough to be loved. He values his job over me. But of course, then I had to look at my decision where I was choosing my happiness and my environment over the relationship also. Like it was literally both of us choosing something else that wasn't our relationship. And I'm actually really proud of both of us for doing that because for me, I see both of our decisions as like a massive act of self-love individually. Like, like I said, I realized I wasn't happy. I couldn't go back on that. I had to choose myself and he had been in his job for like eight years and he felt that he didn't want to kind of lose all of those years and wanted to continue climbing the ladder that he was on. And so I'm really proud that both of us kind of stood up for what we wanted, even at the expense, I guess, of of the relationship. So I share that also because I think a lot of people settle and they get comfortable. Like I could have sucked it up and stayed in Melbourne and just gotten on with my day and life And like, I wasn't miserable, but I just wasn't fully happy. And so I could have just settled and stayed there and pretended like I was fine and, you know, lived day in and day out in Melbourne. Because the harder thing to do was to break up a relationship that I didn't really want to break up at the time. And so I'm sharing this because I think too many of us stay in relationships for either the time that we've been in them. Maybe you've been in your relationship for two years, five years, 10 years, and it's convenient and it's comfortable and you know the person and you're, you still love them and they're your best friend and you've been with them for a certain period of time. And so doing the opposite and jumping into a pool of uncertainty and what is it like on the other side? What am I like by myself? I've had this person by my side for the last X amount of years doing absolutely everything together holy fucking shit, I'm going to have to be by myself. But the truth, if you were honest with yourself, doing the hard thing ends up being the easier thing later. And what I mean by that is now, six months later, I'm fucking stoked I made that decision. 
Again, no disrespect to him, still have so much love for him, just not in love with him. But I'm stoked. I feel so happy. I spent the last six months fucking working on myself and working out who I am outside of the relationship and doing shit selfishly because I can. And I've got no one else to think about and I don't have to compromise anything. Like I just fucking do me. It's been the best, the worst first and, the, and then the best time ever. But it was so fucking hard for that period of time that I was making the decision. And then, you know, we were still living together in fucking lockdown after we decided that we'd broken up. And then I, like, when I drove out of Melbourne, that was, I cried for like four hours. It was the hardest fucking thing. Honestly, I think it was the hardest decision I've ever made. But I'm so proud of myself because it would have been so much easier to stay but I would have been denying myself my life, which sounds really fucked up because it's, it's, it, wasn't, it wasn't him, it was just the environment. And so I had my love goggles on and it would have been easier to stay in that situation, in that environment, you know, for a few more years. And then I don't know what, what would have happened, but the harder decision has ended up being the best decision ever. And even though I had many, many months of being in a depressed state and so fucking sad and not knowing what I wanted to do and I had some really dark thoughts and it was the hardest thing I've ever done, I'm just so incredibly proud of myself that I've done it. And I'm sharing this so vulnerably because if you're in a similar position right now where you're like, you keep having these thoughts about like, you know... Like you really know what the right thing to do is. You really know what you want to do, but you don't want to make the decision because you know how hard it is and you don't want to hurt someone and, and all of the things that run through your mind. I just want to encourage you to really think about what life you want to live. Do you want to live a life where you put your happiness second and stay somewhere that you don't feel fully happy? Or do you want to live a life where you choose yourself and you choose to love you and have a massive act of self-love and put yourself first. I just want you to know that if you're in, if you're in that position where you're thinking that you need to, or, you, or you really know but you're scared to make the, the, the bold move, I'm not going to lie to you and say it's easy. But what I will say is that within the next couple of months, you'll be so fucking grateful for yourself for putting yourself first. So in my extensive Googling and YouTube watching and book reading and friend talking, what I found was that it said that to get over a breakup, it takes 11 weeks and three days. And so for like week six to 12, I was like, okay, cool. I just have to get to 11 weeks and then I'll be fucking healed. And I, <laughs> I find that so funny now because... I don't know where that fucking fact came from. Like, it's so specific, 11 weeks and three days. I don't know who wrote that or where that fucking came from. But I just want you to know that there's no fucking time limit and everyone's different. So don't go Googling how long it's going to take if you're in the middle of a breakup or if you've broken up with someone and you're crying on the floor every single day. Don't worry, girl, been there. It takes a lot, a lot of effort and a lot of work and a lot of emotional processing and a lot of crying and a lot of calling friends and a lot of all kinds of things to move through it and I just want you to know that there's no right time if it's still six months if it's six months later and you're still feeling really really upset then don't judge yourself don't shame yourself don't feel bad it's just it's taking longer to process and that's totally 
totally fine and don't compare it to anyone else. It just is what it is. So seven weeks and three days is not correct, or at least it wasn't correct in my books. Maybe it's correct for you, but just as a reminder, don't compare your healing journey to anyone else's because everyone's individual, everyone's circumstances were different, everything different. You're good. You are all fucking good in the hood. Alrighty, so after all of that, now I want to share my randomly selected number of 13. It's only because those that's the amount of things that I thought of that I would want to have heard back, right back at the start. 13 lessons that I've learnt from heartbreak that I want to pass on to you and hopefully they help you. So number one, I've kind of touched on a little bit already, is don't settle if you have the realization that you're fully happy. So like I said before, it would have been much easier to not make the decision. I was really in love with him. I could have stayed. It would have been the easier thing to do. But like I said, once I had realized that I wasn't fully happy, I just couldn't do it to myself. I couldn't not do something about it. So if you've realized that you're not fully happy and you know deep down what you want to do, just don't fucking settle for a life that's not amazing and a life where you're not fully happy. Number two, and this is actually advice that one of my friends gave me, and I thought that this was such a great perspective shift because for me, I kept being like, I just need to fucking get on with it. It's fine. I'm going to be fine. It's fine. I just need to keep working and keep doing all of the things. And like, why the fuck am I not healed over this yet? Why am I, why am I better? Why am I still crying? Why am I still on the floor? Why am I still crying? Why do I still feel all this pain? Why? Why? It's been like 12 days. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> but the truth is that you have to treat yourself like a grieving person. So... When you break up with someone who was your absolute everything, who you do everything with, who's there like every minute of the day, except for when they're at work, you go to the gym together, you go grocery shopping together, you hang out on the weekends together, you fucking adore them, you do everything together and then suddenly you break up and they're not there physically, they're not there for you to text, they're not there supporting you, it's literally like they've died. The old Katy Perry, stranger lover, stranger... From stranger to love. What are those lyrics? Anyway, wow, that was fucking horrendous. But it's true. They, it feels like they've died. And so you have to treat yourself that way. You are grieving not only the presence of someone, not only someone who loves you, not only someone who cared for you, but you know what you're also fucking grieving? You're grieving the future. You're grieving the hopes and the plans and the dreams and all of the things that you discussed we discussed, like I said, marriage and babies and like business stuff and all this kind of shit we'd planned and we'd even spoken about what our dream house would be and how we'd put a gym in it and like all this kind of shit. All of the things and the plans and the hopes for the future, all of the goals, all of the dreams, all of the things in the future that you'd spoken about, you're fucking grieving that too. Because now, not only are they not there right now in this very second, they're also not there in the fucking future. All of the things that you'd planned for or spoken about aren't going to happen. So you have to not only grieve, treat yourself like a grieving person today, but also you have to grieve the future and the plans and the hopes and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully you haven't had someone close to you in your life pass away. But if you have, or if you did have, you would treat yourself with 
kindness. You would give yourself space. You would allow yourself to cry and process and fucking do whatever it is that you needed to do to move through all of the emotional hurt and the wounds created. And so when you break up with someone, you need to treat yourself like a grieving person and allow yourself to fucking cry and eat ice cream and lie in bed all day even on a weekday and have a day off work and do whatever the fuck you need to do because that's the truth. They've passed away from your life in the sense of the figure that they were in your life now is no longer going to exist. So you have to treat yourself that way. The third lesson is to spend some time learning who you are outside of a relationship. So in my context, I, like I said, spent every fucking second of the day outside of work with him the gym like even having someone to spot you at the gym having your little routines at home where like your chores and their chores and like actually here's a here's a funny story I hope you get a laugh out of this we kind of had a little system at home where where I would get up in the morning I'd do an hour of work he would get up and do whatever and then at a certain time we'd go to the gym so at like 5 30 we'd go to the gym we'd be up an hour before that Anyway, in the hour of his time, he would like eat brekkie or like eat a pre-gym snack or whatever. Um, and he would also unpack the dishes from the night before. <laughs> and so every morning the dishes were, dishes were unpacked. So within the first like, I don't know, couple of weeks of moving out and moving into state, I woke up one morning and I got up and like did my hour of work. And then I went out to get some food and the... <laughs> The dishes weren't unpacked and I just started crying. I dropped to the floor and I started crying because the dishes weren't unpacked. So the reason that I share that is because you formulate little systems and routines and habits where you operate together in this in this cohesive team. And when that person no longer exists, you have to work out your own fucking systems and routines and habits with not another person there. So you really have to work out who you are outside of the cohesive team and you have to work out who you are outside of a relationship like pre-relationship I was a very independent person within relationship I wouldn't call myself codependent but we were a fantastic team where we like supported each other so outside of that who are you outside of compromising with someone who are you what routine do you want to set up where you don't have to think about someone else who the fuck are you outside of your outside of your relationship I've had friends before jump into relationships very soon after or jump into many back-to-back one-night stands on the old tinderoo as a means of numbing emotions and not wanting to deal with it and my personal opinion which I'll also get into it in another point is that that is a really unhealthy coping mechanism there's that saying oh to get over someone just get under someone else in my opinion I think that's fucking horrible advice and It's really easy to want to start to talk to someone else to distract yourself from having to feel emotions. But like I said, I think that's really unhealthy. I think that's a super unhealthy coping mechanism. And I think that you really have to work on being comfortable being by yourself again so that you rebuild yourself up outside of a relationship. Because when you go to get into your next one, whenever that might be, you don't want to not have dealt with and processed your shit from the last relationship. The fourth lesson, and I've written this in capital letters, is feel your fucking emotions. (laughs) 
it's so easy, as per the previous lesson, to want to numb, distract and avoid feeling your emotions because heartbreak fucking sucks. It, I feel like, I personally feel that heartbreak feels like actual physical pain in your body. And there's actually some research done into that and they say that that's true, that physical pain, that heartbreak can manifest in your body as physical pain. I actually felt that. I felt physical pain in my body and it fucking sucked. But suppressing, numbing and avoiding your emotions only delays fucking processing of it, which is very unhealthy. And... In order to process something and move through it, you have to fucking feel it. Feel it to heal it. So sit there, lie on the fucking ground, lie in your bed, feel your emotions, cry, weep, sob, yell, scream, punch a pillow, fucking scream into your pillow, I don't give a shit. Cry, ugly cry, snotty fucking ugly cry. That was me for so many days, like, you know, snot bubbles and like all kinds of pretty shit. But feel your fucking emotions. Don't numb, don't suppress, don't avoid. Fucking allow yourself to feel it. You've just been through something quite traumatic. Allow yourself to fucking feel it. Number five is the no contact rule. So I believe now that the no contact rule is actually entirely necessary, but it's also one of the hardest things to do. So when I left Melbourne and I moved away, I, like I said, watched all of these YouTube videos and read all of this shit and every single one of them said, you need to do no contact for 30 days. And I was like, well, that's fucking bullshit. Like, we're still friends. We don't have any beef between us. Like, I don't need to have no contact. We'll be fine. And then you just can't be friends with someone straight after you break up with them. I don't know people who can do that, but I'm not one of those people. So I was, I guess we were both actually trying to maintain like this friendship and like wanted to make sure that the other person was okay post breakup. And so we maintained communication and it just got to this point where I went a little bit crazy. (laughs) Definitely. I'm putting my hand up in the air right now. Like absolutely can say I went crazy and I was overthinking everything that he was doing and like he deleted all my pictures, like pictures of us off Facebook. And like he did all of this shit, which I was following, of course, because I was still in love with him. And I went, and then I went crazy and I'm like, why are you doing all of this? Ah! And then all of my insecurities were driving whatever I was saying to him. And, and all of the feelings were driving their words. And that was just really, really unhealthy for both of us. And so the no contact rule is to repeat what I said, totally necessary, but it's also so hard because they go from being your best mate. You, I think one of the hardest things initially was like, I would walk down the street and see something. And like, it's just those stupid things that you text to your partner that you don't really tell your friends because they're kind of stupid and unnecessary and like, I don't know, random shit, but you text them to your partner because you just do. And so it was, it's like every time something like that happened, I was I was reminded. So I'd like go for a walk and I'd see something cool that I wanted to share with someone that, like I said, it wasn't really something that you share with your mate. It was like that partner thing. I could take a picture and share it or whatever. And every time I would go for a walk, there'd be something and I'd be like, oh. (laughs) So 
even though it's really, really, really hard, it's really, really, really necessary. So if you're kind of at the start of a breakup and you're also doing all of the YouTube thing or speaking to your friends or whatever and everyone's saying just don't speak to them as your best mate, who's not really your best mate, but I wish I was your best mate, (laughs) and as someone who I guess maybe a sister is a better relationship, if I had a sister... (laughs) These are the things that I would tell her and I just want you to know that it's going to feel fucking hard and the absolute worst, but it's totally necessary to give yourself space to grieve and think without communicating with them because you're actually trying to get over them. Number six. (laughs) Um, This is a little bit of a touchy one. So if they get into a relationship very, very soon after your one, I just want you to know that it has nothing to do with you. It's none of your business. It doesn't mean that they didn't love you or or it doesn't mean that they didn't that you didn't mean anything to them. It just means that they are processing it in a different way and they're numbing and avoiding and they don't want to feel their emotions and they're trying to distract themselves from actually having to get over you and they're investing their time in somebody else and using them so that they don't have to feel their emotions and deal with them. So if this has happened to you, uh, it fucking hurts (laughs) and it makes you feel like, you know, all of those things like they didn't love you or it didn't mean anything to you or like you were so easy to get over and all of the bullshit thoughts that arise if this happens. And I just want to remind you, as I had to remind myself, that it literally has nothing to do with you. It's no longer any of your business They're dealing with it in a different way. It's got nothing to do with you. How they deal with it is not your business. You just need to focus on yourself and not fucking worry or stalk or fucking question what they are doing. Which leads me to number seven. Don't fucking stalk them. It's absolute torture. And I guess pulling back into the no contact rule, if it helps, which it did help for me, block them on everything, block their number, block their Instagram, block them on Facebook so that you don't have to see their shit you know that they can't see your shit. It helped me. It may or may not help you, but just don't fucking stalk them. It's not helpful. You don't need to know what they're doing. They're dealing with it in whatever fucking way they're dealing with it. And you need to deal with it in whatever fucking way you need to deal with it. Number eight, I hope that this one's obvious, but just as a reminder, reach out for support. Your friends and your family want to support you. They love you. They want to care for you. They want to help you. You're not a fucking burden. Even if you're crying six months later, it's fucking fine. Get support, get help. If that's your friends, if that's your family, if that's your work colleagues, if that's a psychologist, I've loved having my psychologist in this period. She's fucking amazing. But just make sure that you're reaching out for help and support because doing this alone is just not what you should be doing. (laughs) Which leads me, wow, I'm really good at leaning into these next fucking lessons. Number nine, don't move somewhere alone where you don't know anyone. (laughs) Fuck, I wish I told myself this. So when I left Melbourne, I didn't know where I wanted to go. I didn't really want to go to Sydney, even though I've got a lot of friends there. I just don't want to live in Sydney. And I was like, fuck it, I need to get out. I'm going to go straight to Port Macquarie, which is where I am living currently. I used to live here. I love it here. It's by the beach. It's hot. It's delicious. It's beautiful. And my mum was kind of in the process of buying a house, but it hadn't gone through yet. So she wasn't here yet, but I don't really know anyone here. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I'm just going to fuck it. And so I booked this Airbnb. 
which in the time of fucking trauma and crisis and breakup shit is ridiculous. It is absolutely the stupidest thing I've ever done. I mean, I've done some pretty stupid shit in my time, so maybe it's not the stupidest, but it was pretty fucking stupid. So if you have to move out or if you do choose to move out or you move, you need to move after a breakup, please please don't do what I did because it was so unhelpful to move somewhere where I don't know anyone. I couldn't just like walk around to my friend's place or get in the car for five minutes. Please move to a space or a place where you have support, like physical support because doing it alone is fucking stupid. (laughs) Number 10 is to journal. So I went through an entire journal in the first couple of months of this process of healing and grieving because it allows you to really get out of your head and put it all on paper in front of you because a lot of the time when we're healing from shit when we're dealing with shit we create these stories based on you know emotions and insecurities and a lot of the time we can really like get away with ourselves to a space that is like five kilometers down the fucking road and it's not even fucking true and so when you can actually write it down like pen on paper write down your thoughts you can look at the paper like almost objectively because it's out of your head and you're not like swirling it around in this fucking bullshit narrative that you're trying to run with you're able to look at the words on paper and really see like oh that's a bit bit fucking crazy Kate just pull your shit back together mate journaling is a really effective tool like all of the time in life but particularly if you need to process something it's a really great way to help you move through it number 11 is to work on yourself and what I mean by that is you need to be able to divert your focus and when I say divert your focus to reiterate I don't mean numbing avoiding and suppressing emotion but I mean not sitting at home fucking crying 24 7 The best way amongst all of these lessons to move through shit is to work towards something. So not sitting at home for like, of course, it's okay to sit at home and cry. As I said, please process your shit, but not all of the time. Get out and go for walks, go to the gym, work on yourself, you know, pick a new hobby and get stuck into it or, um, you know, set set a goal to go to the gym or create a new habit, or just improve yourself in some way. Like maybe in your relationship, you didn't do something because you wanted to spend time with your partner, or I don't know, maybe you want to start dance lessons, dance classes, or guitar lessons, or anything. Just start to work towards something for yourself, where you're prioritizing yourself, where you're showing yourself self-love massive act of respecting yourself and being able to work towards something to help you move through something else it also of course make sure you're exercising because it gives you endorphins and it makes you feel better and feeling better about yourself makes you just feel better in general so that is a really really helpful way to help move through it number 12 is you have to be comfortable being alone and i guess i kind of touched on this with Number three, spend time learning who you are outside of a relationship. But what I mean when I say number 12, you have to be comfortable being alone, is really getting to know who you are and what you want. So I think a lot of people say that they're lonely, but I believe that there's a difference between alone, as in like 
right now I'm physically alone. I'm in a room by myself in this room. I'm alone. But the difference between being alone and being lonely is being lonely is you're not comfortable being alone, as in you're not comfortable being by yourself. And this is actually a bit of a lesson outside of a breakup, just in general in life. I think it's really important to feel comfortable being by yourself and getting to know yourself so well that it's like hanging out with your best mate, but it's you. (laughs) So ways to do that is just sitting by yourself and doing something that you love or journaling or just starting to understand yourself more. Like just not wanting to always have to be around someone and feeling comfortable being by yourself. And number 13 is is something that's been on my mind a little bit recently. And I'm actually going to do a whole episode about on this, about timelines and life. Because in the last month... I've had four of my really close friends either give birth, announce pregnancies. Yeah, both of those. (laughs) Give birth and announce pregnancies. (laughs) And every one of my fucking newsfeed on Facebook is getting engaged, getting married, announcing pregnancies or having babies. And I'm 28 and so it's a very normal time of life. A lot of my friends are 30 plus too. So it's a very normal time of life to be doing all of those things. And I actually don't want to be having a baby right now personally. I want one within the next couple of years, but I don't want one right now. So it's it's not even about wanting what they have, but I think there is that little bit of pressure about timelines and like I'm nearly 29 and like I want to meet someone and then like I want to be with them for a few years and then get married and then you know spend some time married and then have a baby and blah 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 and like my fucking ticking time bomb inside of me and I don't want to be a late mom and like fucking all this shit and so like I said I'm going to do a whole episode on this because I think it's a massive topic and and my audience is similarly aged to me and so And I've had a lot of conversations about this with a lot of my clients. So I know it's definitely just the general kind of feel at the moment for this age group. Even if what everyone's doing is not necessarily what you want for yourself right now, there is still that, you know, question of am I on the right track and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, like I said, I'll do a whole episode on it. But what I want to say for this little lesson, number 13, the last lesson is it is okay to be single Do not stay in a relationship because you're scared of being single or scared of it not being on the right timeline or, you know, being 28 and single when you'd planned to have, you know, get married and have babies within the next whatever years. Don't fucking stay in a relationship because of a timeline and it's okay to be single. There is no timeline. Like there's no fucking rule book to life. None of this fucking shit. Just because you turn 30 doesn't mean your life ends. Doesn't mean that you have to have a baby. Doesn't mean fucking shit. And I say this so passionately because I've had to remind myself of it lately. Just watching my whole news feed of people doing all these big adult things. And like I said, I don't want any of it right now. I actually don't. And I mean that genuinely. I don't want any of it right now. But yet it does make you question like, oh, am I on the fucking right trajectory? Yes, motherfucker, you are. You're doing your own thing. You're on your own fucking timeline. No one else's timeline is your timeline. Wow. Can you tell I feel very passionately about that? (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, just a reminder, if you, yeah, don't stay in a relationship just for the time thing and there is no timeline. 
And listen out for one of the next couple of episodes on this specific topic if you want to hear me fucking going to town ranting. (laughs) So, my friends, that is my 13 lessons from heartbreak, from breakup that I've learned in the last six months uh, since departing Melbourne and departing a relationship. I hope that these helped. Like I said, this episode is kind of for you if you're in the midst of deciding if it's right to end a relationship, you have made the decision and you're sort of in the process of leaving or whatever, or you're you know, in the post-breakup period, however long it's been, and you're still trying to kind of move through it all. I hope that these lessons helped you. Like I said, I this is the kind of episode that I would have wanted to have listened to right near the start of all this breakup shit. So I tried to put together things that people have passed on to me or that I've read or that I've sort of realized or whatever in the last six months. So I just want to end by saying that even though breaking up with someone, departing a relationship, losing your best friend, you know, losing such a key, important or was once a very important person in your life, um, feeling alone, struggling with emotions, questioning everything, entering a state of depression you know, all of the things associated with a breakup and how fucking hard it is. I just want you to know that you need to be able to put yourself first, follow your heart, know what you need to do, know how you feel and act on it even if it's fucking hard. Because without, like, let's call a spade a spade, let's not fucking sugarcoat anything around here. It is fucking hard. It will be fucking hard. You will be absolutely fucking distraught. For several months of your life, but a short several months of your life in the scheme of things where you can create more happiness than the situation that you're in is really fucking minuscule. And it feels weird to say this because had you asked me a couple of months ago if I would say this, I'd get say absolutely get fucked. You're on, you're on crack. Um, but I'm actually so incredibly grateful for that experience. Like, One, I'm grateful for the relationship. I learnt so much. I was taught and shown through action what it's like to be loved and respected and what, you know, he was a great example of the type of person that I want to be with. And I'm really grateful for that. I'm grateful for our time together. I'm grateful for our experience. I'm grateful for our relationship. I'm grateful for what he taught me. Um, And I'm sure he's grateful for those same things too. And I'm also grateful for the breakup And I'm grateful for having to build myself up from the fucking ground up and turn my world back the right way around and climb out of the well. The analogy that I've spoken of several times where I was at like the bottom of the well and I couldn't fucking see the light of day and I honestly felt like I was never going to be happy again. That was fucking hard and that fucking sucked. But I'm so grateful for that time because I had to build myself back up again by myself and It just shows you how strong and resilient you are and it really makes you prove to yourself how fucking worthy you are and how fucking cool you are and how worthy you are of living a life where you are entirely happy because we can do that. We create our reality and sometimes really hard decisions are what we need in order to create an even better life. I'm really grateful for this time that I've like prioritized me and I feel like I've grown more in the last six months than I have in the last couple of years 
And I'm really proud of myself for that. And so I wanted to share that because the hardest decisions, the toughest times just help you prove to yourself how strong you are. And I want to leave you with that. I hope that this episode was really helpful for you. I hope that it gave you some insight. I hope that even one of those lessons was helpful. If it did resonate or it helped or you liked it, I would be so, so grateful and appreciative if you could screenshot the episode and share it on your Instagram stories and tag me. I would love to hear which lesson was the most helpful for you or resonated the most with you. As I said in my last episode, I'm still very, very new to podcasting. So if you have any feedback, whether that's positive or whether that's constructive criticism, please do me a favor and share it with me in my DMs on Instagram at Kate Pirtle. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear if you've got any feedback at all because I want to improve. This is a skill I feel like I haven't mastered yet. But the only way to get better at something is to continue practicing, even if it's not perfect. So That's that. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful for you. And I will speak to you in my next episode. Bye.